Is BYU football a top 10 nationally ranked team in the preseason? At least one national publication thinks so. We'll break that down. We'll also talk about a new transfer portal edition for the BYU football program by way of Arizona State. Sione Vecoso, we'll introduce you to him. And of course, we'll get you ready for the weekend ahead, as well as highlighting another one of the great players in BYU football history. All ahead on a Friday edition of Locked on Cougars. You are Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Once again, welcome into Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. We are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. Point out of this corner as I do each day. Hit that follow button. Subscribe for new podcasts. Enable notifications. Like, share, rate, review. Do all that fun stuff to help us build this audience. You guys are the lifeblood of what makes this venture go, and I cannot thank you guys enough for your support of this podcast podcast over the years and the month or so we've been on YouTube. You guys have been absolutely phenomenal. So a big thank you to all of you guys. We're also available on every other podcast platform out there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, just to name uh, some of the many that exist out there in the world. But by, by way of introduction for any of you who may be checking us out for the first time, my name is Jay Catch. As I mentioned earlier on, I am the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. The uh, Of course, I am a yawk in my alter ego on the radio, but I am very excited to be here talking all things BYU sports with you guys, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. All right, diving into today's show, let's talk about BYU football, because apparently... USA Today Sports thinks BYU is a top 10 nationally ranked team. Uh, Eric Smith was the author who wrote this piece, and this came out earlier this week. That He has BYU at number 9 in his preseason, I guess, post-spring, way too early top 25 poll. You're seeing these all over the place. We're going to talk about some of the other places that BYU has been ranked here in a moment. But let's read what Eric Smith wrote about BYU and try and break it down for you guys. So let's start with this. The Cougars have won 21 games the past two seasons, returned starting quarterback Jaron Hall, who should lead a dynamic offense with California transfer Christopher Brooks filling a need at running back. The defense brings back almost its entire unit and gets back several players lost due to injury. If those pieces come together, then it should take a big step forward, speaking of BYU. Even with the returning production, BYU is not getting a ton of love nationally, but this has the makings of a team that can deal with a tough schedule including Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, and Arkansas, and make a run for the playoff or a New Year's Six game if they avoid major injuries. Unquote. Now, I am not projecting BYU to go to the New Year's Six. I am not projecting them to go to the college football playoff. Is the potential out there for BYU if they were to run the table for all that to happen? Absolutely. It always exists if you run the table. But running the table, going undefeated, is super rare. Think about how often it's happened in BYU football history. All of one time. Hey, we have a national championship in 1984. That big old trophy down there in the student-athlete building in Provo for a very good reason. You run the table, you by and large are going to be in the mix for national honors. If BYU goes out there here in 2022 and their final season is an independent program and puts up a 12-0 record, yes, they would absolutely be in contention 
expansion for New Year's Six Bowl game. I've got no problem saying that. I would think that you'd have very hard, a very hard time if you're the college football playoff committee from telling BYU they're not worthy, considering four of their opponents are also ranked in that top 25, according to USA Today. Uh, Notre Dame, stunningly, if checks in at, at number 13, Baylor at number 12, Oregon at 14, and then Arkansas at number 21. So those are your big four opponents, all nationally ranked. You're ranked higher than them. Utah, if you're just wondering about the Utes, uh, they checked in at number, I believe, number six in this poll, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe number five, but regardless, BYU has a huge opportunity staring them in the face. Now, does that mean that BYU is going to have to go out and prove the prove to the world who they are and have to go out and run the table to legitimize themselves? No, because I think the first point that Eric Smith made in that statement, the Cougars have won 21 games in the past two seasons. I've talked about this often on this podcast over the past few months or even past year or so, is that BYU is enjoying a resurgence of what BYU was in the 1980s, the late 1970s, the mid-1990s, remember that 96 team, remember the late 2000s from 2007 to 2010? BYU has had periods where they've been absolutely dominant, winning 10-plus games a season, and that is when the national consciousness has never more focused on BYU. Eric Smith is a believer in the Cougars. I've got no problem saying that because if he has them ranked inside the top 10 in a preseason poll, he thinks that they are in contention for some big things this season. The opportunity is there for Jaron Hall, BYU, Kalani Sitake, and the entire cast of characters that makes the BYU football program go. There's no doubt about that. You go out there and handle your business, yes, you're going to have options for yourselves at the end of the season. The bigger thing I think you need to pay attention to is the fact that BYU is getting this national love because they have legitimized themselves in the eyes of the national media. And what I mean by that is, uh, just for example, Fox Sports has BYU ranked number 16 in their latest poll. NCAA.com did one, had them actually pretty low at number 22. And then 24-7 Sports, they actually try to do a prediction of what they believe will be the preseason AP Top 25 poll. That's the most legitimate poll outside the college football playoff poll, which we all know is the end-all be-all because that's the one that deter- determines the CFP in the New Year's Six Bowl game. But the AP is probably number two on that list. And in their projection of the AP poll, they've got BYU number 15. This is a top 20 team at worst in the preseason, folks. Get hyped. Get excited. This BYU football team has a lot staring it in the face. I I, I would agree that uh, Jaron Hall comes back to run an offense that should be very effective. If Christopher Brooks is everything he has cracked up to be, and everybody that I've talked to about Christopher Brooks at running back believes he can be a perfect compliment, or uh, not compliment, a replacement for the departed uh, Tyler Algier, who's now with the Atlanta Falcons. If he can do that, BYU's offense is going to be near unstoppable if everybody stays healthy. This offensive line, we're going to talk about another addition to it here in just a moment, is absolutely dominant, I feel like. They could have maybe their best season under Kalani Satake along the offensive front. Jaron Hall is a very savvy quarterback. He stays healthy. BYU's got a great shot. Christopher Brooks, if he can put another 1,000-yard season in the books, he's going to have an opportunity to play the pro level, and that'll pretty much seal that BYU's having a good season. And I don't worry about the wide receiving core the tight ends. I think there's just enough bodies there that BYU will be fine. My bigger question mark is on that defense. Does it grow up enough that it can hold down teams? Can Peyton Wilgar, Keenan Peely, uh, can they all come back healthy? Chaz Ayu, for example, come back healthy and make BYU's defense have more of a to use a soccer term, more bite to it. Uh, be just tougher. Uh, be a team that is not the sieve they were at the end of last season. If you can do that, Big opportunity. Big things could be on the way for BYU. I've said this earlier on in the offseason. I am bullish on BYU's chances right now. I am placing the benchmark, in my opinion, at 9.5 wins. That's where I kind of peg things for BYU, but maybe I'm, I'm 
Maybe I'm a little low on that. I think nine and a half is kind of the over-under I would peg for BYU going into the season, but there is a ton on the table for the Cougars here. You cannot take anything away from them. They're getting the national love they have craved, hoped for, and wanted for years now. I can remember back in the middle part of the independent era this past decade where BYU fans, when are we ever going to get back to national prominence where the national media is talking about us? Well, guess what? It requires you win games. And what has BYU done the past two years? They have won games. 21 wins is nothing to sniff at. I know that people will discount that 2020 season. I don't discount it at all. BYU is willing to play games. They won every game in front of them. Sands won. And then last year, they played maybe their toughest schedule. I would believe it's... I. I would say it's the toughest schedule they've ever played. Seven Power 5 teams. You went 5-0 and against the Pac-12. They can't take nothing away from you if you're the BYU football program right now. A lot of good stuff happening, and I'm very excited to continue to cover this team, and we'll be doing it all offseason long and obviously throughout the upcoming football season. 120 days away from today. Crazy, folks. We are four months essentially away from BYU and USF kicking things off. I am very excited for football to be here. We'll stick with the football theme of things here momentarily to talk about a new addition to the BYU offensive line by way of the transfer portal. Sione Vecoso, who is he? We'll talk about that here momentarily. First, though, a word on our friends over at Built Bar. Summer is coming, my friends, here along the Wasatch Front. It's in the 70s. It feels like summer's on the way. We've had a really... I would say mild or cold spring in many ways, but summer is going to be here. And with summer, you're going to need something on the go to fill yourself up. And that is what you want to do with our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on all of your family vacations. Throw them in your bags, your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everybody has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventure. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. You can't get that combo everywhere, but with Built Bar, you can do it. The best part is all Built Bars and their Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. They also just launched their Built uh, granola bars, which are absolutely phenomenal as well. They got a myriad of options, a multitude of different flavors. Give them a shot. It's not, and if, by the way, if it's not uh, your favorite thing, give another one a shot. I have talked to people who were like, well, I tried a Bilt Bar. I didn't like that one. Well, guess what? You can't just try one. You got to try a few of them. So I would encourage you guys to get what they call their or they call it their mixed box, where they actually bring, send you every single flavor they've got in their repertoire at the time. Give them all a shot. The best part is every single one of them are healthy for you guys. The macros in these things, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein packed in there. You will not find a better option. And the best part is they're absolutely delicious, covered in 100% real dark chocolate. Check it out, my friends. Built.com right now. You can place your order there. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15. 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. And remember, you're supporting our friends over at BYU Football when you support Built Bar by way of the name, image, and likeness uh, deal that they have with all BYU football players. So it's a double whammy for you guys. Enjoy the best tasting protein bars and support our friends over at BYU Football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the transfer portal. It giveth and it taketh, but right now it's giveneth to BYU. Giveneth? Is that the right term? Whatever, we'll go with it anyways. We'll roll with it. I'm recording the podcast. I'm not going to edit that out. But uh, so BYU, uh, some news yesterday, got another addition to their offensive line by way of a commitment of uh, transfer portal target 
Arizona State offensive lineman Sione Vecoso. He's a native of Kailua, Hawaii, which is on Oahu, if I'm not mistaken, went to Kailua High School, is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He served a mission, uh, went to Brazil originally, then the pandemic obviously caused all kinds of issues. Actually finished his career, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, in Oregon. Uh, funny enough, he was originally an Oregon State commit before his mission, came home from his mission, flipped his commitment to Arizona State, played in just one game last year when Arizona State took on UNLV and only played in a marginal role. And he comes to BYU now with four years of eligibility behind him. And I was just looking at uh, what his stats were, try to see some film on him. The one thing that stands out to me is he is exactly what BYU football has targeted with their offensive line recruiting over the past six years that Kalani Sitake has been BYU's head coach. Big, tall, and just absolutely powerful human beings. BYU, for a good part of the independent era under Bronco Mendenhall, went for the go-fast, go-hard mentality where the offensive linemen were 280, 290 pounds. They were 300 pounds. You're like, wow, they got a big dude out there. Right now, BYU's offensive line, I think, is averaging somewhere around 310 pounds if you were to go off of last year's starters. And behind them, you got another group of guys that probably, (laughs) what, the average pushes the 315. They are huge human beings. The best part is the height on this team, the offensive line, I think the average height is 6'6". This is an offensive line that is absolutely monstrous. There are NFL offensive lines that don't look as big as BYU's offensive line does. And Sione Vecoso fits right in there. Six foot six or six foot seven, depending on which service you happen to read up on, 320 to 325 pounds. He is like just the prototype of what BYU wants for their offensive linemen. Tall, like I said, strong, powerful guys who are going to come in and just absolutely be maulers along that offensive line. The more important thing for this addition from Sione Vecoso is he actually helps BYU get a head start on potential replacements along that offensive line going into next offseason. I know it's weird to talk about this, but it's Jeff Hansen, our good friend of the podcast and obviously doing great work with the Give Him Hell pod and Cougar Sports Insider mentioned on Twitter. Uh, BYU could be poised to lose as many as five starting caliber offensive linemen this upcoming season. Season after the season concludes. Those include Blake Freeland, who's getting some first-round love by NFL mock drafts, Clark Barrington, who I think is an NFL guy, Joe Tukuafu, who also probably get looks at the NFL, then uh, Keona Saliapaga, we'll see if he gets a chance, if he can prove he's healthy, and also Harris Lachance. All five of those guys who have all started at different points in their BYU career and are all starting caliber offensive linemen could be gone. Well, you're getting a head start by uh, potentially adding a guy who could be in the mix to replace them by getting Sione Vecoso into the program right now. As I mentioned, he's got four years of eligibility. He's got plenty of time to work on his game. The important part is, is he will be a key part of getting BYU into the Big 12 and that transition going. The nice part also about him is that I think that he is a guy who wants to be a BYU. He committed to Oregon State, went to Arizona State after a mission, and ultimately decided, you know what? I want to go play at BYU. He's not the most highly rated offensive lineman out there. I think he was the number 60 offensive tackle in the 2018 recruiting class. So he wasn't a four-star, can't-miss guy, but Power 5 programs thought highly of him. Two of them, at least. And BYU is a Power 5 program. And we're going to talk more next week. Uh, We're going to play some audio and video from Justin Anderson, the new director of uh, player personnel for BYU football, on next week's editions of the podcast. But the biggest thing for BYU right now is making sure that they are uh, putting together as 
good a roster as they possibly can going into Big 12 play. I really like the way BYU has kind of been set up here to uh, ease their way into getting ready for the Big 12. This is not TCU in Utah where all of a sudden overnight you went from being, all right, you're a Mountain West team to now you're a Big 12 team in the case of TCU. Now you're a Pac-12 team in the case of Utah, and all of a sudden you have to figure out your roster. It resulted in multiple years where Utah and TCU were competing at a disadvantage while they tried to get their rosters up to snuff. BYU has known they're going into the Big 12 for over a year now, and I maybe officially it's still under a year, but they have some lead-up time to get themselves ready for the Power 5 level, and they've always tried to stratify themselves under Kalani Satake to be a Power 5-esque program. That's the biggest thing they've always talked about. We want to be a Power 5 quality program, and I think they're well on their way to doing that. That is the positive if you're a BYU fan, is the Cougars with the lead-up time they have to going into the Big 12 next year, is they have time to add guys like Sione Vecoso to this roster and get them coached up and ready for a higher level of football as they play in the Big 12. I'm not going to lie. BYU I think could hit the ground running in the Big 12 football-wise. I have my questions about some other programs out there. Softball, uh, baseball, I think is going to struggle a little bit. Men's basketball sure looks like that's going to be an absolute dogfight game in and game out in the Big 12. But uh, also one other one, I, I think that like, well, not one other one, but like women's basketball could struggle a little bit. But I feel like BYU football, which is of course the pride and joy of BYU's athletic department, it's the end-all be-all for BYU. We all know that. But I believe that BYU can go into that conference from day one and be on an equal footing with at least half, if not three quarters of that conference. I'm serious about this. This is not some hot take I'm trying to throw out there. I'm not trying to blow smoke up somebody's skirt about BYU football's chances in the Big 12. I truly believe they can be a power player in the Big 12 from day one. You obviously need some good fortune, some luck. You need to have health on your side. You got to hit and recruiting with all of your evaluations and bringing kids in. But the lead-up time BYU has here and the way they have recruited over the past three or so years in particular indicates to me that BYU is going to go into the Big 12 and immediately be a top half of the Big 12 contender. I know that their Big 12 teams out there pishah as you think. No, you're more like Kansas. I don't believe that at all. Kansas is the absolute pits, so I don't think that is the case. I think BYU is going to go into the Big 12, and they're going to stun folks with their physicality, the way they played, and I think the Baylor game last year was the wake-up call BYU needed. That is a team that you're going to face in weekly. Uh, you're going to be facing weekly in the Big 12. you got to match their level, and I think BYU is still, still smarting from the beatdown that Baylor delivered to them last year. I would also uh, add the caveat that Baylor had a little bit of an insight into BYU and what they were doing, but you can't teach physicality without experiencing it. I think the BYU learned a lot from that Baylor game. They talked in spring ball all the time about matching physicality of they get as they get ready uh, for the Big 12. Well, you're, you're getting some time to get yourself ready, and there's some big-time opponents coming up this season. I, I like the game against Arkansas. That is an SEC team that is absolutely physical. They're going to r- try to run the ball downhill like Baylor will on you. I think Oregon's going to be a tough game. The nice part is Notre Dame, uh, Baylor once again, you have an opportunity to reassert yourselves and really establish yourselves going into the Big 12 in 2023 by way of your play this year. So, uh I know I meant to talk more about Sione Vecoso, but I think he is kind of just the indicate 
the indicative factor, or what am I trying to say? The, the, the indication of what BYU is trying to accomplish, I, su- I suppose is what I'm trying to say. BYU wants to be that big, bad bully team that teams just, oh, man, I don't want to play them this week. I don't want to be feeling that for the next two weeks after we play them. But that's what BYU is all about. And a guy like Sione Vecoso, I think he adds to an already uh, trending up, a uh, team that's already trending up in BYU. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him join the program. We'll, we'll obviously uh, be tracking him as training camp goes on later this summer and anything else that comes out on the transfer portal, who knows? And by the way, I don't know how BYU is working their numbers. You're probably sitting there, well, Jake, you said that the transfer portal's done. I thought they were, but somehow, someway, BYU is finding ways to get guys on the roster. Are going to be a spate of quote-unquote medical retirements or guys moving on from football? Very well could be the case, but I do not envy, uh, as we already talked about, Justin Anderson, the new director of player personnel. He's got to look at that spreadsheet and say, okay, how do I get down to 123 guys ahead of training camp when we had 130-some-odd in spring ball? It's it's going to be nuts, but Sionave Coso apparently is going to be a part of that formula. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll get you ready for the weekend ahead in BYU sports. We'll also talk about another one of the old-timers in our top 50 countdown of the players outside the independent era for BYU. A guy that I... uh, well, let's just put it this way. I really enjoyed uh, talking about guys like him. I didn't get a chance to see him play, but I have family members who talk about him. We'll talk about one of the all-time great offensive linemen from BYU. We'll get to that here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information needs. If you guys want to have some fun in the sports gambling realm where it adds a little more of the intrigue factor to some of the sporting events you may otherwise be like, yeah, whatever, well, Bet Online can help you guys do that. For all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the Major League Baseball season, and this weekend's Run to the Roses in the Kentucky Derby uh, coming back, you can get to betonline.net and have some fun with that. By the way, we got a Utah connection to the uh, Kentucky Derby, by the way. Classic Causeway is owned by a guy who lives in Bear Lake, Idaho. So if you guys want to have some fun with that, get to betonline.net as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action available to you now. That's all courtesy of your friends over at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, before we go here on today's show, we got two things you need to cover. Previewing the weekend ahead in BYU Sports and also get to one of our player profiles, our countdown to the football season, 120 days away. Today we talk about number 43 in our non-independent era top 50 panel. Uh, and we're talking about a guy that was nicknamed the Bear. And when you're nicknamed the Bear, you better be a pretty good offensive lineman. That's exactly what Nick Ayer was for BYU in the late 1970s and early 1980s. I did not have the privilege of watching the Bear play football. I'll be very upfront about that because I was born in 1987. Nick Ayer finished his BYU career in 1980. That that should explain everything for you guys. But I have family members who talked about Nick Ayer and his ability to absolutely dominate along the offensive line for BYU in the late 1970s. He protected the likes of Jim McMahon. Uh, He also protected, uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, Mark Wilson, duh. Mark Wilson also had him protecting his blind side. The more important thing is Nick Ayer was a guy who was just absolutely incredible with his technical ability, and he ended up being an All-American in 1980, uh, first-team All-American, as well as third, uh, uh, second runner-up, 
Cobb, third place in the Outland Trophy voting his senior year at BYU in 1980. This is a guy who was absolutely phenomenal, kind of a prototype of what modern offensive linemen were like, it felt like, uh, just hearing what I heard about him. He wasn't necessarily uh, that era's type of offensive lineman, kind of long and lean, and just the ability in BYU's offense when you're pass blocking a lot just to keep guys away from the quarterback. And that's kind of the fun part about a guy like Nick Ayer. Uh, sadly, he did pass away in 2018 at the age of 59. But uh, trust me, I got enough family members, a grandfather and my father, who have been watching BYU for decades before I came along. They have seen all these players, and the stories they tell about these guys are absolutely incredible. And by the way, I probably should have thrown this out when we first started doing these countdowns. If you guys have connections to these players and you have stories about them, I'd love nothing more than to highlight them. If you knew Nick Ayer, you knew something about him, a fun tidbit, etc., feel free to send it over. I'd love nothing more than to hear from you guys. The social media feeds for the show, Locked on Cougars, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, my DMs are open on Twitter as well. You can catch me at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, you can email the show. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Always love hearing from you guys and getting your insights. And if you have something on these guys, we'd love nothing more than to highlight you guys and highlight their stories as well. But Nick Ayer, number 43 in our all-time BYU player countdown. And the Bear, man, what an absolute legend. Uh, he was drafted in the fourth round of the 1981 NFL draft by the Houston Oilers and played just one season in the pro ranks. Uh, went on to do other things in his life, but still you cannot take away what he accomplished in a Cougar uniform. Alright, other things before we go here on today's show is BYU Baseball beat Pepperdine 4-2 to two in their series opener last night. The Cougars will look to win that series today. 3 o'clock uh, Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Mountain Time in Game 2 of the series. Uh, game 3 in the series is tomorrow at 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 2 o'clock Mountain in time. BYU, if they win today, we get back to 500 in conference play. Uh, BYU is obviously trying to get into that top six in the West Coast Conference, and getting above 500 would be absolutely critical for their chances this weekend. Uh, Pepperdine's right around the middle of the conference like BYU is right now. I believe they're 8-11 and 11 now in conference play. BYU 9-10. and 10. So a big series here between the Waves and the Cougars. And like I said, Game 2 in that series coming up this afternoon. BYU softball is up the I-5 corridor in Stockton, California this weekend as they take on Pacific. Uh, Cougars are absolutely having a monster season. But by way of their losing a 2-1 series to LMU in their first WCC action of the season, they're actually running in second place in the West Coast Conference. And BYU needs LMU to drop some games to regain control of the West Coast Conference. Well, you got to keep winning if you're BYU. Three games against the Pacific Tigers. Doubleheader today as well as the series finale tomorrow at noon. Best of luck to Gordon Eakin and his squad out there in Stockton. And then finally, uh, BYU track and field is up in Eugene, Oregon for a preview of the national championships. Hayward Field, one of the more famed track and field venues in the entire world, it feels like, will be hosting the NCAA track championships where they're hosting the Oregon Twilight event this weekend and BYU track and field will be up there competing in that event. A lot of the best teams in the country go to this event, so it's a big opportunity for BYU track and field. And then one more note before we go here is the BYU Fan Fest are returning this month, my friends. They were uh, obviously cut out due to the pandemic. But if you want to go out and meet your favorite Cougar players from various teams, you can do that at the Fan Fest, both in Farmington and St. George. The one up in Farmington will be this coming week, May 11th, uh, and then they'll travel south to St. George on May 21st. BYU Sports Nation does live broadcasts from these events. You can meet Cosmo, get food, uh, buy gear. It's actually a really, really cool event. So if you're looking for something to do on whether it's May 11th up there in Farmington, if you're down in southern Utah or in the Las Vegas area and you want to make the quick drive over to St. George, you can do that May 21st. Uh, the Cougars will be down there in St. George once again, May 11th 
up in Farmington. All right, that's going to do it. That is it for a Friday edition of Locked On Cougars. A huge thank you for your support of this podcast. As always, you guys are a phenomenal, phenomenal bunch. I cannot thank you guys enough for your support of the podcast. As always, as mentioned, please follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. Hit that subscribe button down here in the corner here if you're watching this on YouTube. Enable notifications, like, rate, share, review. Uh, let everybody know that you listen to this show and you know about it. Love talking with you guys, and thank you for your support as always, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now get over and watch uh, the Locked On Big 12 podcast, or listen to the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors got you covered on everything with BYU's new conference home. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. That'll do it for us. Have a great rest of your day and a great weekend. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 5th. Or no, excuse me, not May 5th. It was May 5th yesterday. May 6th, 2022, and we will talk to you guys on Monday. See ya.